I'm ready. <laughs> Are you an entrepreneur, a designer, a developer? Never before has it been easier to get your new venture off the ground. Whether you're just getting started or have already begun your journey, you've come to the right place. In each episode, we will dive into a new challenge, breaking it down into simple digestible terms. I'm Thanasis. And I'm Dimitri. And you're listening to Listen, Ship, Repeat. In this episode, we'll talk about toxic cultures. This is episode number 18. Good morning. So, what's up, Dimitri? Good morning. Good, how are you? All right, quite fine, quite fine. Things are going well. Any, any news? Well, it's not quite news yet, but at this point I'm ready to share. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a while since I found a new job. Uh, I'm working at uh, Walto.photos. Mm-hmm. Um, as a, in a full-time capacity, I'm doing uh, <clears throat> platform engineering there, mostly back-end work, that is. Waldo is a company that uh, pr- does face recognitions on your photo albums. It is a closed system in the sense that uh, you have absolute control over who um, gets to join your albums and uh, perform the face recognition upon. You know, this is on the opposite side of a liberal let's say, product that, like Facebook, which um, recognizes all of your friends and it just tells you, you, you've been here and here with that one and that one and this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's really, you know, it can freak you out. And uh, yeah, pretty cool stuff. Uh, very, <clears throat> very good, very stellar team. Everybody's very talented and I, I'm really okay. excited working there. They're in uh, Austin, Texas. All right. Exactly. Right. Yeah, and uh, we just uh, went off our soft uh, South by Southwest launch. It was a crazy period. All right, I hope that went well. Yeah, it was fun. And uh, I hope they don't come up in today's episode. I know they won't come up in today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. Um, before we start on, uh, this is a tough topic, I think, to discuss. Yeah, some disclaimers are... <laughs> I, I really hope for most people, for everyone... Uh, they never have to come across this. I consider myself to be lucky enough that I haven't uh, come across this a lot. And the, the last time I was actually exposed to uh, some of the stuff we'll be discussing today uh, was several years ago. But unfortunately, it is a reality for our exposure to this. Um, we'll be trying to discuss it today and, and see what we can do about it. So what is this, uh, Thanasi? Right. What is the toxic work environment? The toxic environment is an environment where it's really not uh, healthy for you to stay in. And as much as you want to avoid it, unfortunately, throughout your career, you are going to find yourself in such an environment uh, for longer or shorter periods of time. And... Uh, because it's something that unless you see it with your own eyes and you live it with your own heart, um, you cannot really start telling the signs so that later on you are going to walk away from these situations. And the fact that Dimitri, that you and, and I uh, haven't had a, a very prolonged experience in toxic environments lately is because of our experience being able to tell which is what, and uh, move forward. Uh, you said if you recognize this, you leave, but um, is it not worthwhile trying to 
give it a chance and try to fix it? No, I said I said we are doing that as in we as uh, a little more of age that mm. we've seen these things before, and uh, we are not in a mood of standing and fighting the such <laughs> quote. You know. <clears throat> Yeah, let let's get get into the fight now and see what we're talking about. So, let's uh, start talking about um, indications of a toxic environment and uh, what a toxic environment is. You know, mm-hmm. um, people don't communicate with each other. Uh, <clears throat> they don't smile. They don't joke, and they do not support each other. So basically, you have an environment where. Everybody's minding their own business. Um, there is little to no communication between the departments because the administration has made clear that it shouldn't be their jobs to intercommunicate or that they should be looking at whatever they have been told to do specifically. They've divided and conquered. And pretty much, you know, uh, you are only concerned with your very specific tasks and um, things, you know, it's it's very difficult situation to find yourself in because communication is key for everything. Mm. And I suppose this lack of communication also prevents or discourages even people from uh, speaking up, uh, even when uh, clearly uh, these behaviours prevent them from working or if they've been assigned impossible goals to achieve or deadlines to reach. Etc. Etc. Yes. Um, one of my uh, favorite quote signs is the industrial revolution type of management. Uh, not necessarily something you only see in these type of environments, but uh, you definitely see it in there. So, industrial revolution type of management uh, it comes up in uh, literature quite a bit, but it's probably what uh, you're imagining right now. Um, an enlightened sort of uh, management that assigns tasks to uh, people of a, a limited uh, scope of uh, knowledge and skills to perform uh, specific tasks. Uh, pretty much what you uh, mentioned before. But in the modern day, uh, with the level of education, skill, of experience and tools that are available, all you're achieving there is uh, clipping people's wings and preventing them from trusting you and uh, bringing down the uh, level... I, I like to say to a lowest common denominator uh, type of uh, achievement that uh, ultimately costs the business because uh, you're not maximizing people to their full potential individually. Definitely. I believe that um, these environments are caused by inexperienced uh, managers, the kind of managers that uh, are still, you know, um, rough, unprocessed. <laughs> let's say, and they kind of believe that they can do things best, better than everybody. Mm. And uh, when you have that in your mind, then, you know, it's those kind of um, policies that you need to apply, like you are going to to do what I say and you're going to do it exactly as I Um, say. To be honest, I don't often come across this, but I would say that you probably would have seen it a bit more, uh, maybe a decade ago, before uh, these best practices have been established, before the internet culture wasn't as uh, pervasive. I've certainly seen it in my experience. Yeah. But mm-hmm. 
I, I still hear about it these days too, to be honest, but uh, not uh, regularly. Yeah, and, and in the technology world, it's a little harder to see that because um, mm-hmm. that would mean that uh, the superior, the administrator, is a technical person himself. Um, but yeah, no, I, I take that back. I mean, it can even be a non-tech founder that just tells you, you know, things that don't make sense in terms of how you how you have to operate. Now let's move on uh, onto okay. another point of uh, what uh, you know is a, constitutes a toxic environment. One of the very uh, indicative uh, things to take note of is when the managerial team. Uh, completely breaks out of the people that are working, the employees, the developers. So it's like you are having two camps. You have the administration and you have the people that uh, produce the work. And there's, uh, you know, there's a kind of an animosity between them. Everybody has a kind of mistrust against each other, especially from the administration side. They kind of uh, believe deep inside them that uh, the employees are slacking and they are not efficient and they are not producing. And towards that end, uh, by kind of divi- uh, through their vocabulary and uh, ways and uh, means, they show that they are not satisfied and down the road you see the administrative uh, group, team, uh, veering off uh, steering apart from the t- from the operational units, the employees, the developers, and uh, you basically end up with having mm-hmm. two different camps. Um, so apart from the the fact that your work life will really suck in this pay, in this case, uh, what kind of tangible uh, repercussions do we have of a toxic work environment? Why is it bad, basically? Well, uh, before we get into the repercussions, let me just note one more. Uh, indication that you are in a toxic environment or you are heading towards one mm-hmm. is when you um, when you announce things to the team or you communicate uh, impossible tasks to individual developers and there is no response from the other side, which means that the other side has given up trying to convince you of anything. Yeah, that's a good one. A good one or a bad one? I don't know. Depends <laughs> on which standpoint you're standing. And um, that, those are pretty much the indications. Now, let's see why those are bad. Okay, I mean, living in a toxic environment, by its definition, doesn't sound very nice, cozy. <laughs> so one of the biggest uh, problems with a toxic environment is the high turnaround of people. If the toxic environment has been uh, introduced midway, you, uh, this, that's when the, you're going to get hit the most because the existing employees uh, were accustomed to a different style and the change uh, discomforts them and uh, they weren't um, prepared for that and it's most likely that they will leave for another job. If, that, if a toxic environment was there from the start, you are going to find a few hardened people that can withstand it for more prolonged periods of time. However, hiring is going to be ever more difficult as people that get hired and get into that environment and realize where they've stepped in are going to leave again as soon as they can. Interesting that you mentioned hardened people. So what are you saying? That at some point 
Um, some people don't even notice that they're in there. They've accepted it. Can you, can you find people that enjoy working there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are th- those kind of people uh, who have, uh, let's say, lower self-esteem and they have lower, um, how can I say it, you know, uh, <clears throat> they want to fight less, let's call it. They want to be less confrontational in their lives. And unfortunately, it's, it's those kinds of people that uh, might find a good fit in such a toxic environment. So the emerging pattern is that uh, people's energy is low and uh, they don't want to take initiatives. Yes, and, uh, exactly. Th- that, that, that is obviously terrible in its own right. Um, well, what do you mean, ter- which one is terrible, which part? We, the, what are the repercussions of this? Uh, people stop caring, maybe? So that would right, make its right, way right, to exactly. uh, tangible uh, business metrics. For example, uh, let's begin from the uh, number one, like loss of revenue. I suppose not related one-to-one, but uh, if people aren't as productive, excited, as energetic, that will translate uh, into that. Um, if people aren't uh, energetic, they uh, won't be able to be as creative as uh, they would themselves like as the company would like them. So yeah. how does that translate into the product they're building too? It's, it's not going to be a good product. Yeah, I mean, you said the magic word. You said creative, right? Mm-hmm. There, cannot, there cannot be any creativity in a toxic environment. Those two are opposite with each other. Yeah. I, I suppose it comes back to what we mentioned a bit earlier too about uh, people being told, uh, quote, exactly. Of course. <laughs> uh, to do exactly what they're told. Exactly. So there's not a lot of uh, room to move there. So no creativity means practically no innovation. And uh, in a world where innovation is the thing that moves you forwards, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And uh, so let, let's see what this causes to the product. So. Uh, new features. So yeah, basically, exactly that. I mean, when you're told what to do and things are designed by people that don't understand engineering, uh, you're going to have uh, all, most of your new features on your product be half-baked. Uh, that would And that would be totally natural. I mean, the product of miscommunication, the toxic environment, and uh, people not really happy with their jobs and with zero leeway on... Uh, you know, taking initiative, creativity, and uh, <clears throat> innovating. The, what do you expect? Do you expect a, a good product to come mm. out of that? I don't think so. And uh, so a new product won't come back and uh, won't uh, come out, sorry. Uh, new stuff probably will take forever uh, to be developed too. And if people are uh, probably distracted about this, uh, then the quality of the product will drop. So we mentioned... Uh, new features probably won't be shipped, uh, won't be conceived, but maybe your existing uh, product quality will drop too. Maybe people won't start, uh, won't uh, be giving enough attention to uh, support tickets or issues or bugs, and uh, slowly the whole thing will crumble, quite predictably too. Definitely. And to the point that we had that uh, in extreme cases you're going to have lost revenue, um, you know, let's look at what's happened in the very near uh, <clears throat> past uh, out of the companies that we know. You know, uh, see Uber. Do you believe that they haven't lost revenue because of their behavior? Uh, it's, it's hard to say. 
they're actually uh, quite a, a huge uh, company, and uh, they they've had a bad year uh, all around. I think starting January with that whole uh, delete Uber thing, and uh, and then the, that blog post uh, that was written about uh, uh, certain systemic uh, um, uh, issues within the company, and. Uh, I was actually listening to a podcast uh, uh, this morning, and uh, what, I'm, what I'm about to say doesn't uh, sound good, but uh, there's a certain culture that's developed in these sort of companies where as long as they uh, meet revenue tar- targets and metrics that have been given, they kind of push stuff under the rug. <coughs> so uh, I don't think you'll be seeing a lot of a change there um, in the near term, uh, but hopefully... Uh, it, it it will change, and hopefully it's not systemic for them too. I mean, I I know I know a few people that work there, and uh, they've given a totally different internal picture to me. Um, there's another story that came out last year about one of the big uh, uh, retail uh, websites uh, and how bad it is uh, to work there. Amazon. <laughs> uh, I don't remember honestly. It could have been Amazon. <laughs> And, uh, but uh, as I said, I, I can't really uh, comment on that, but uh, if, if there's stuff on that that you want to find online, uh, you can go uh, look for it yourself and uh, uh, see what it's like and make your own mind. But what I can do is I, I can give a, like a specific uh, story in my experience. I, I have a very uh, specific uh, behavioral pattern that I came across with this when I was uh, living in, in France about a decade ago. <clears throat> And uh, for me, that was the uh, in, initial point to a, t- a toxic work culture uh, where insignificant things would just blow up way out of proportion. So really quickly, uh, do you mind if I just recite it now? Yeah, go ahead. So uh, we're working this product, and uh, it was uh, before 2010, and uh, we had this desktop application that we were working on that had an installer so every time uh, there was an update, uh, we would send a, a new installer file. And, uh, but the thing is, what we hadn't done is that you couldn't just run the new installer file that would run on top of it. You had to delete the previous uh, installation. Uh, we just hadn't gotten around to it. So politely, um, they asked us a couple of times, and uh, oh, guys, make sure that you know the next uh, build has the... Uh, uh, the update functionality because we have to delete every single time. This will usually go out every 24 hours. Um, so it was mentioned a couple of times. We didn't give it a lot of uh, interest. It was one of the things that we were going to get around to. Uh, long story short, after about uh, three or four times we were reminded, uh, somebody just completely blew up and uh, <laughs> and said a, a, like a, a profanity-laced email in the middle of the night, 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, it was crazy, it was crazy. It's apparent that uh, this person had uh, other issues to resolve and you were in the cause, you know? It was a bad moment at the bad time. Who knows? Oh, of course. I mean, you know, you work with them on a daily basis. Uh, now, then again, some people are like that. They're colleagues. You can always justify them. But, I mean, this was one a specific event yeah. of many. Yeah, I understand. I understand. A lot of, a lot of uh, examples. <laughs> um, so, But it's not all bad, isn't it? Mm. I mean, 
Can you fix this? If you can fix this. Well, the first question is what you can do about it. All right. Well, I mean, you can just leave and move on. And uh, case closed. And that's, that's what I believe is the most prudent case. Or you can stick around <laughs> and see what you can uh, do about it. Like, especially if you're the founder of this enterprise and this uh, culture uh, was created uh, right below you and uh, one morning you woke up and, wait a second, you look around and go, what's going on? Mm. Or you're in a... Uh, a management position and you just want to improve uh, people's day-to-day work life. I, I think it's uh, uh, easy to say to leave and uh, it's always up to you, but like everything in life, like it deserves at least one chance. It deserves at least one chance and uh, it really depends on which side of the table you're sitting on. If you're the employee, you really don't have, um, you know... You, don't, you cannot put a lot of weight into fixing the situation. You can call it out once, twice, three times. Try your best to give more chances. But in the end, you need to call it quits and move on into your life. Because uh, you are most likely a web developer and life is short. The market out there needs you. And you are not going to have a hard time finding a job, changing to a new environment and getting you know what you deserve versus getting uh, tortured now if you're on the other side of the table on a managerial position or even better as a founder there are a few things that you can do uh, some practical things that you can put in place to uh, at least avoid creating a toxic environment by accident so one of the <clears throat> One of those things that you can do is to start conducting one-on-one interviews with all of your staff in very standard periods, like at least once a quarter, depending on the company, maybe once a month, depending on the structure. But you need to dedicate time to your uh, co-workers, you know, to the people that you're working daily with to communicate things that are out of the operational context, out of the operational scope. Yes. You know, talk about life, your kids. Yeah. I think the radical approach here is once a quarter. It's not very traditional. You hear about yearly performance uh, uh, reviews or uh, twice yearly uh, one-to-ones. Uh, I think once uh, every quarter is something that you can put in a nice feedback, back-and-forth cycle where all parties involved can uh, work together and always improve. Yeah. You don't hear it very often. That's, that's why I mentioned radical. Uh, but uh, I would definitely go for something like this. I, I don't find it radical at all. I find it uh, the optimized way for startups. You know, if you're in a startup, a quarter <laughs> yeah. can mean life or death, can mean uh, that, uh, that personnel has doubled or halved. Lots of things can happen in a quarter in a startup. Absolutely. So uh, have a constant feedback cycle, pretty much, is what you're saying. Well, it's not a feedback cycle. It's rather than, you know, take a step back, consider life, happiness. You know, do you like where you are? Do you think that we could take another direction towards that? Mm, I see, okay. Through those kind of conversations, yeah. A feedback cycle is a different thing. It's having the proper procedures in place to accept the feedback, you know, when a concern, when something 
happens and someone is concerned, they have a way to raise that concern. Well, that's also something that we can throw in there then too. Ah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> cool. So, uh, would you like to share something else? Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the indications of a toxic environment is that the founder is uh, over-collective in, uh, <clears throat> in responsibilities. And that stems out of the fact that, uh, you know, they believe that they can do things better than anyone else. But, um, and as I said, this is a natural stance of a leader, of an unprocessed leader, you know, as they come out of the factory, that's what, <laughs> as leaders come out of the factory, that's what they uh, believe, that they can do things better than anybody else. And it takes it takes real. I imagine this matrix sort of thing <laughs> when Neo woke up in that like bu- bu- exactly the way you said. And, <laughs> uh, you know, the more experience you get and the more failures you have, uh, the more you realize that uh, this just simply isn't true. This is just a thing of, you know that you had in your mind, and thus the more you start sharing your responsibilities with the people around you and empowering them to make decisions. You know, the more creativity uh, you push back to the company and the more innovation is happening in all places. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as the founder, things need to, ca- <clears throat> things, uh, need to come to some unfortunate, unfortunate times. And those are the times where um, you realize that there are certain specific people, if not just a single one, that is <clears throat> having a negative effect on the team. That they are uh, making people feel bad for themselves and through their behaviors they are introducing cultures and thinking that is opposite to what you want to convey or apply to the team. And these things happen. Bad hires is uh, the norm not the exception, you are going to have to face these kind of situations and the only way that they are resolved is by cutting, you know, <coughs> the, bad, uh, <laughs> the bad tree down, removing the bad fruit and uh, moving forward with uh, the healthy parts of your team. Yeah, just one comment here. Uh, we acknowledge the fact that this is, uh, you know, this is people's livelihood and their jobs and uh, this is some sort of you know scenario. I hire fast and I fire fast, sort of thing. Uh, sometimes uh, you just have to do it. It's, it's very difficult, and uh, because uh, of the consequences that we d- discussed earlier, unfortunately. Um, and uh, it, it will also uh, free up your company, even uh, free up the people that uh, you had to ask to leave, because uh, in the end. Uh, it's not a character trait that defines them. They're not toxic people. They'll just have to move on, go somewhere else where they'll be able to uh, to fit in better and uh, they'll enjoy their work life better. Yeah, everybody finds their own, their match <laughs> eventually. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, a word of advice. I mean, of course, this doesn't really mean anything. Meaning, well, it does mean anything, but it sounds very detrimental. Not, nothing we do means anything. <laughs> In the long uh, term of things, <laughs> we, we, we're just a blip in. Uh, yeah, anything we do in, in, in eternity won't matter. Yeah, no, of course. 
and uh, after this little piece of philosophy yeah so uh, this little piece of philosophy leads us to the fact that life is short and you need to enjoy life right and that means that the most part of your life you're living it in your workplace and unless you make sure that uh, you're having a great time and you're enjoying being there and you wake up in the morning excited to start walking uh, you stop uh, doing your job at the afternoon and you're thinking about it you know <clears throat> that's what you need to strive for and for this to happen is uh, it goes without saying that you need to treat people like people with respect most of the founders get confused and believe that developers are developers they're not people <laughs> and this is very subtle but it's um, it is very true because uh, all the stereotypes kick in and those kind of settle in into your mind and if uh, you know developers are a peculiar bunch they are those that are communicative but at the biggest percentage they are those that are very introverted geeky mm-hmm. and this can be very easily misunderstood for uh, you know I'm sorry but you're going to have to back that up with a, a link in the show notes uh, Thanasi. The, the majority introverts I don't have to back it up <laughs> I'm really? old enough okay. to <laughs> to say whatever I want <laughs> yeah well you know um, there are no real numbers here but uh, you know we've been to conferences uh, we've been around and uh you know, be rest assured that within those places, it's the most extroverted people that come. Mm-hmm. The introverted people typically stay home. And that's where you see them in the workplace. They do exist. And uh, the problem is that they, you know, their introversion and their geekiness can be misrepresented, misunderstood by people that do not understand the, those people, do not understand this culture, and start treating them in a different way. And that is very wrong. They are people. They need to be treated like every other people that you know with. Uh, they need to, to be treated with um, respect. And yeah, one just note of caution is that these people, are, after, you, after a founder has labelized a developer, you know this is a developer, a label, um, they will even go through to kind of believe that they and this again stems out of the fact that I can do things better and they are under the impression that they're even smarter than their developers which uh, is factually wrong and you know there are of course there are all kinds of smarts there are all kinds of intelligence out there but as far as raw intelligence goes mathematic analysis and uh, in relation to the, the the profession the product design and stuff like that developers are way smarter than than you as the founder and uh, you should always keep that in mind and leverage it to move your business mm-hmm. faster forward uh, and also uh, you as a founder uh, you must acknowledge that you you have a clearer vision than your developers and you might have a keener product sense than your developers and just the fact that you took initiative uh, to start up a uh, startup shows that uh, that's where your strength lies on the more longer term or more uh, near term uh, business execution style stuff. 
So it comes down to really just uh, acknowledging the fact that uh, certain skills, uh, you mentioned intelligence, I'll just broaden that up. Different people have different strengths and you should always capitalize on that. Capitalize on that. Definitely, yeah. Uh, reinforce it. Cool. And uh, so, you know, if you did all this stuff and nothing changes, what happens? Well, then again, it's again the question of which side of the tables you're sitting on. Because if you are on the founder side, uh, nothing, that's not an outcome. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if you are the founder and you're trying and the toxic environment doesn't change, you're doing something wrong. All right. If you are on the... <laughs> I don't know if you have a different opinion on that. If you are the employee, the, the developer, and you've done your tries, then, you know, you've got nothing else to do. That's, a, that's quite easy, but uh, what does a founder do? Does he shut the whole thing down? Well, that's what we are going through. Let's say it's uh, at the stage where they've got 50 people and revenue's coming in and investors are happy. Yeah, I don't know. I mean... It's a kind of uh, hard thing to find yourself in such a company unless the previous CEO had been removed and you were just uh, hired yeah. as a CEO. Because if a CEO has reached to the point where uh, there are 50 people in his company and he started the company from one, mm -hmm. it's more likely the case that the, they're not going to change if they have introduced a toxic environment in the company and somehow made it. So, and on the other hand, the, everything that we are going through right now, I mean, uh, you know... That, that probably would make some change, so maybe my point wasn't valid to begin with. If you put all these policies in place, I'm sure that uh, I'm very positive that some positive change will come out of it. Exactly, that's what, that's what I'm trying to say, is that all of those uh, policies that we are calling out right now are helping towards alleviating a toxic environment. Something that comes up always in our podcast is communication, so uh, it always comes up pretty much every other episode. Uh, a, a culture of openness and uh, communication and uh, full information access and open working areas and uh, uh, just sharing would uh, just shut down a lot of that stuff on the root at the root, uh, specifically the divide and conquer stuff that we uh, mentioned earlier of people uh, being discouraged to interact with each other. Yes, I mean... And that's just automatic, isn't it? Definitely. Like I said many times in this episode, one of the things that uh, cause the toxic environment are the, is the, the belief from the founder that they can do things better themselves. The other equally important factor is lack of communication. So where there is lack of communication and consequently lack of understanding between parties, that's when toxicity build starts to build in because trust starts to fall. You're telling me A, B, C. I don't believe that. I don't trust you. Mm. And this starts to build up. And the more this builds up, then we start having comes, you know? And before you know it, you're in a toxic environment. So communication is fundamental Understanding is fundamental, and feeling, you know, your your co-workers, feeling your founders, the founders feeling their employees, is fundamental towards having yes. a healthy relationship. And on top of that, I would say that when there's credit to be given, make sure you give it, and constantly recognize as a founder your team for their accomplishment. If you can do it. 
every week, do it. Definitely. If you have no reason to do it, just jump into the Slack channel and give a big thank you to your team because, you know. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> yeah, why not? And Gerald. Well, listen, yeah, here's the thing that popped into my mind uh, when you said, and if you don't do it, you know, jump into the channel. Well, just jump in there. Good morning, team. You're doing great. Uh, keep it up. Yeah, no, I mean, raising the spirits is definitely something that you need to do. And As a leader. giving credit, praising, uh, you know, people that have outperformed uh, is uh, definitely required so that you can establish a system of, um, you know, recognition amongst the company and people can understand that if they try harder, their efforts will be seen and heard and recognized. If I try harder and my efforts are already recognized, I'm not going to try harder again. Awesome. So, uh, Dimitri, I think uh, that does it uh, for today. Any last famous words? Um, we're just a blip in the cosmic uh, radar. <laughs> Cosm cosmic doesn't even care for us. <laughs> um, I hope you can take something away from this. And uh, I really hope that uh, you don't have the misfortune to be part of a toxic culture. For too long. And uh, even if you are, don't be disappointed and uh, move on right away. Uh, sometimes it's just worth it to spend some time trying to fix it. Awesome. That's awesome. all I have to say on the matter. So uh, you can email us, uh, you can email us your questions at hello at listenseeprepeat.com. You can subscribe on iTunes by searching for Listen, Seep, Repeat and visit our website at listenseeprepeat.com where you can find the transcript of each episode and leave your comments. We have comments now. Um, please leave us a five-star review on uh, iTunes. It really, really helps us. Thank you very much. And thank you for listening. Until next week. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone. Goodbye.